This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Continuing reading through the Bible together in our one story reading plan. And today we're reading Genesis chapter 29. We've been following the storyline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how God means to use this dysfunctional family to display for the world almost as a stage to reveal his character to them. So in Genesis 29, I want to call your attention to verses 25 through 28 today. The text reads, when morning came, there was Leah. So he said to Laban that he is Jacob. Jacob said to Laban, what have you done to me? Wasn't it for Rachel that I worked for you? So why have you deceived me? Laban answered, it's not the custom in our country to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. Complete this week of wedding celebration, and we will also give you this younger one in return for working yet another seven years for me. And Jacob did just that. He finished the week of celebration, and Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, as his wife. There's a spiritual principle that is taught throughout the whole of Scripture that is found in Galatians 6, verse 7, which reads, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. This is undoubtedly true in the life of Jacob. In Genesis chapter 29, Jacob gets a taste of his own medicine. From the very beginning, we've seen how Jacob's life was filled with trickery and deception. He's the heel grabber from the very beginning. He was chosen by God long before he or his brother Esau were even born. We learned that God's choice of Jacob over Esau really had nothing to do with Jacob's virtue or Esau's vice. Romans 9 taught us that neither of them was worthy of God's mercy and promise. But the story of Jacob and Esau, their lives and their choices, will become the prime example of God's mercy and his goodness amid these men's brokenness. It was God's mercy that chose the older to serve the younger, and God planned it this way from the beginning to highlight his mercy, not their virtue. See, neither one of them was worthy of God's love or God's blessing or God's goodness, and yet God chose to bless one, which is his prerogative to do, and any amount of mercy demonstrated to either one of these brothers is more than any either of them deserve. That's the point of mercy. It's given even when it is not deserved. And that's what's happening here in the story of Jacob. But then the next few chapters bear out just how broken both of these men are. Jacob is hopelessly flawed as the heel grabber that barters with his brother to steal his birthright, a birthright that he had already been given. He deceives his aging and blind father then into giving him the blessing that was also to be Esau's. These choices have sent him on the run back to the land of his mother, Rebekah, 
under the plausible explanation of finding a wife. Still, as we mentioned yesterday, it was as much what he was running from as what he was headed for in returning back to Padanaram. After God meets with him, confirming the promise that he made to his grandfather Abraham to make of him a great nation and to bless all nations through his seed, an undeniable reference to the Messiah's entrance into the story, Jacob now returns to the homeland of his mother to find a bride from her relatives. When the deceiver finally finds his relatives, he meets Laban, that's Rebekah, his mother's brother, and he selects the daughter Rachel to be his wife. Now, he is madly in love with Rachel, and presumably, up until this point in the story, Jacob's intent is to find a wife and then return to the land of promise. However, Laban's price for his daughter is to work for him for seven years. Now, this is a steep price that Jacob is willing to pay because of his love for Rachel. And so, at the end of seven years, Jacob comes to Laban and asks for Rachel's hand in marriage per their agreement. The wedding occurs, and Jacob sleeps with who he thinks is Rachel, only to find in the morning, to his great surprise, that instead of Rachel, he finds her sister Leah, to whom he is now married. Now, when I hear this, the first thing that comes to my mind is how drunk do you have to be to sleep with the sister of the woman that you thought you were marrying, only to discover the following day that you slept with the wrong woman? So when Jacob confronts Laban with the bait-and-switch scheme that he had enacted, Laban concedes that this is not customary to give the younger daughter first in marriage. And so if he wants to marry Rachel, he's going to have to also marry Leah and then work an additional seven more years to marry Rachel. God had selected Jacob, who was the younger of the two brothers, and yet now he has to work seven more years as a slave to get his bride, Rachel. You see, all of his deception is now coming to roost in his life. So how do we apply this bizarre story? Well, we have to realize that even though we have been shown mercy by God as his covenant people, our actions and deceptive choices have consequences. Sooner or later, those consequences are going to catch up to our sinful choices. As we mentioned in Galatians 6 verse 7 at the beginning of today's broadcast, that if a man sows something, that he is going to reap. Verse 8 provides for us the application. It reads, The one who sows to the flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Meaning death and destruction follow the choices that we make consistent with our old nature. In contrast, life and provision follow the choices that we make consistent with our new nature. So either way, if you put seed in the ground, it will come up. What this story teaches us is that you will reap what you sow. And so if you sow to the old nature, you're going to reap the corruption that is destined for that old nature. But if you sow to the new nature then you will reap the life that you've been given according 
to Jesus Christ. Either way, whatever you sow to is what you're going to reap. This is what we see in Jacob's life. His deception may have gotten him ahead long enough to be 14 years behind God's plan for him. See, he was supposed to have married Rachel and come back to the land of promise. That was the place where God would fulfill his covenant blessings that were spoken to his grandfather, Abraham. And yet now he's 14 years behind God's plan because his deception had finally caught up with him. God had promised to bring him back to the land and bless him. But now that timetable has been extended 14 years because of the consequences of his own choices. You see, God will use all of these consequences in Jacob's life to break down that stubborn character of the heel grabber. God's going to use these consequences to break down the character flaws in his life. And he'll do the same with us. The 14-year detour that Jacob had while learning this lesson was all providential, and it will it should be instructive in our lives as well. God may lead you through the wilderness for 40 years to beat the stubbornness out of you if you continue to reject his plan. He means to bless you, but God is incredibly patient and is long-suffering with us, and he will allow us to feel the consequences of the mistakes that we have made, only to put us in a place where we will then turn back to him and go the path that he longs for us to go from the very beginning. God's plan was to bless Jacob, but he had to break down this dishonesty in him. And he did just that by forcing Jacob to eat the fruit of his own deception. Jacob put that seed in the ground, and now he had to eat the bitter fruit of that seed. So the question then for us as we think about application in our own lives is what are we sowing to today that we will have to reap tomorrow? Are we sowing bitterness, deception, dishonesty that will yield the bitter fruit of our sinful choices? Or are we sowing mercy and love and kindness. Either way, that seed will grow. It's an inevitable law that we must recognize and learn to use to our everlasting benefit or reap the consequences of. Hosea chapter 8 verse 7 reminds us, they will sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. There is no standing grain. What sprout fails to yield flour? Whatever a man sows, he will reap. Romans 6 tells us that the wages or the reaping of our sinful choices is death, meaning the inevitable consequences of our sin nets us a gain of death. Death is the fruit of sin. Even in our eternal destiny, this concept of sowing and reaping is borne out. When we sow corruption, we reap death. This underscores the power of this principle, and it causes us to cry out for someone to come and redeem the storyline that's been broken from the start. This Redeemer will come from the line of this broken heel grabber. It will come from the last son of Jacob's spurned bride, Leah. 
it would come through this line whereby a lion would come, a king who would redeem the story, who would rescue us from the poisonous fruit of our sinful choices. He would eat this fruit for us and die our death, giving us eternal life through the Spirit. Praise God. So let's pray together today. Jesus, help us to remember that our actions have consequences. When we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption. But when we sow to the Spirit, we will reap life eternal. So help us reap life by sowing good choices. And help us to remember the decisions that we make today are the realities that we live with tomorrow. And may those choices honor the one who redeemed our lives from the grave that we so rightly deserved. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.